welcome to the Masa podcast. My name is Meng Ding, and I am your VP External. Today, our guest speaker is Professor Rosso, advisor of the Pure and Applied Mathematics program at Concordia. Hi, Professor. How are you? Hi, Meng Ding. I'm very good. Thank you. And you? Yes, I'm good. So, as you may know, many students are curious about what they can do with their degree and are undecisive of what to pursue after they graduate. In this episode, we will focus on the Pure and Applied Mathematics program. We will elaborate on what it means to study in this program, possible career paths you can take, discuss the possibility of higher education, as well as the subject of doing research during your studies. And we will finish with a few tips to succeed. So, Professor, tell us about yourself and your career path. Okay. Well, I'm Italian. I did my undergraduate studies in Italy, in mathematics. After that, uh, I started a master in Paris, and I did my PhD a bit in Paris, a bit in Belgium. Then after a postdoc uh, in Cambridge, in the UK, I came here to Concordia, and this is the beginning of my fourth year. And this is the first year where I'm working as an advisor for the program of Pure and Applied Math. And so I, I assume you want to hear more about what is the program in Pure and Applied Math. Yes, exactly. Among the programs that Concordia offer, the Pure and Applied Math is maybe the one that gives you the broadest spectrum of subject. Then they prepare you for many different uh, career paths after this. If you want to do research either in Pure Math or in Applied Math or in uh, Neighbor Science, it's a very good uh, option. But it's also very good if you are planning to find uh, a job outside academia after that because uh, it gives you all the necessary skills to succeed in many jobs, such as, I don't know, in finance, in insurance. You can work uh, as a consultant for Accenture or this kind of company. You can work uh, more as a programmer. Montreal is famous for his video game industry, for example. You can also recycle yourself as an engineer. And so it's really opening you a lot of career paths. And uh, the main ability that you will get when completing this degree will be the ability to see a problem that you haven't seen before and being able to find a solution, a new solution to this problem. Yeah, I think this program is really good to increase your skills in problem solving. And like you said, it really opens a lot of doors to a really diverse range of jobs, of career paths. For example, people can go into computer hardware and software development or pharmaceutical testing or even go into energy and aerospace. So it's quite diverse, right? Yeah, it's extremely diverse. So somehow what you learn is not how to do a job, but how to apply some skill in new context. Mm -hmm. And so this degree is very useful and the job market really likes this type of degree. And there are plenty of different jobs that are available for a person with a bachelor in mathematics. The most common one are some sort of data analysis. For example, I know that Bell requires uh, a lot of uh, mathematician. In general, you don't need a lot of advanced knowledge of math, just a bit of linear algebra and a bit of statistics so that you are able to analyze big uh, data and so on. Another common employer are consulting companies like Accenture because uh, most of the problems require basic knowledge of, let's say, basic of physics and a bit of analysis, linear algebra. But there are also more peculiar jobs that uh, require mathematician. Uh, I can bring you some examples. For example, if you study statistics and if you take some advanced statistics course in our undergrad program, you can learn about stochastic equations. Stochastic equations are somehow a way to predict how things will evolve. It's like uh, what, when you roll the dice and then you take, keep on adding uh, the sum or something like that. 
And the stochastic equations are used a lot in a lot of uh, companies that sell and buy stocks because these equations are very useful to study the evolution of the price of some stock. And so a mathematician would be required, first of all, to put this equation in a computer, see and uh, then automatize when the computer makes a prediction that uh, the stock will drop in the future sell, when they will find some stock that they will increase in price by more of those. Mm-hmm. Another example of uh, mathematical skill that a lot of company needs is optimization. Optimization in general is uh, the problem of uh, you have some constraint and you want to find the solution which, I don't know, minimize something. And there are many things. For example, if you are a UPS courier and you need to choose the best path to deliver your parcels, this is the typical application of optimization. But there is another one that a lot of big cities in North America are finding out just right now, which is trying to optimize traffic light. Probably here in Montreal, you have seen policemen at the traffic light that tend to regulate the green and the red light so that if a street is more busy than another, it has longer traffic light, green traffic light. Well, a lot of cities are trying to automatize this, putting some camera around uh, the city and trying to find the pattern of the car in such a way that uh, a centralized computer doesn't see it just one single traffic light, but see more traffic light at the same time. And it, uh, it is able to regulate them so that the traffic flow is more fluid, car weight less at traffic light. And even if you study algebra, for example, if you end up studying ring and polynomial ring, this find application in real life. For example, algebraic geometry studies equation, but looking at this equation like solution of like uh, trying to drawing them. For example, if I take x squared plus y squared equals z squared that we have encoded before, this can be pictured as a circle or a sphere in three dimension. And this is called algebraic geometry. And uh, for example, car company need mathematician who knows a bit about uh, algebraic geometry to design the wipers of the wine shield. The problem is that wine shield are somehow not flat, but the wipers are kind of flat. So it's important to find like the best angles at which you put your uh, wine shield, your wipers, and uh, the best uh, length and so on, so that uh, when it cleans, it cleans the most surface possible. And this is a problem that mysteriously requires the study of uh, algebraic geometry. And all of this knowledge is something that uh, one of our students can get as soon as they choose the proper classes. And even if they don't know very well about it, we give them all the basis so that uh, once they see this new problem, they say, oh, this looks a bit like approximation of, I don't know, linear algebra or something like that. And then they are able to apply what they study to learn these new things and then work on this. Yeah, because there's so many opportunities with this program, how can students decide if they want to pursue higher education, for example, uh, do a master or a PhD, or just go straight to working full-time? Well, it depends a lot on what you like. If you like studying, it's definitely something that you could consider doing a master. In general, the master is only two years, so it's not a very large time commitment. And it gives you also better employment uh, rates after, like uh, you will be paying more simply because uh, your entrance level will be higher. And uh, if you don't know if research or studying more is for you, uh, my suggestion would be to try to apply for a summer research internship. Concordia offer a lot of this. Maybe the year before your last year, you try to contact a few professors, see if they have some research project and then apply for grant so that you will spend your summer month working in close contact with the professor and seeing what he's doing research or what is more advanced mathematics, if you like it or not. 
the first things that you need if you want to do a master or PhD is you need to like the subject. Somehow you have to find the particular topics that you like. It could be analysis, it could be, I don't know, dynamical system, or in my case, it was number theory. Mm -hmm. And you think that is very nice, and then you try to do a master. Uh, what a student should do, is should uh, look for a professor whose research looks interesting. For example, if you want to number theory, there is me and there are some of our other faculty. We have good people in analysis, new faculties in data science and data analysis. You spoke with them and uh, you, you write up a draft. And then you apply for a summer scholarship. Concordia has some. Uh, Canadian funding agency have some more, like NSERC, and all this information on the website of the department. And I think this is a very good uh, opportunity because it lets you know what does it mean to do research. Most of it will be reading some papers, try to understand them, and try to see if, uh, for example, you can improve on the result of this paper. Taking out an hypothesis here, improving, I don't know, a constant there, and something like that. And it can be frustrating because sometimes you will be reading, you will not understand the passage, and so you will have to think about it for one day, two days. And uh, the nice thing of it is when you finally understand it, maybe after a week, you finally understand what is the key of the proof and how you can improve it to get a better result. Mm -hmm. It can be, I think uh, doing research can be stressful because uh, usually when you are an undergrad, you are used to find the exercise, solve the exercise. Most of the time it's kind of straightforward meaning that you don't need to spend one week having the feeling that you didn't do anything. So what are the best ways for students to apply for graduate studies? Well, applying for graduate studies will require some work from the student because uh, some programs are very selective. And so you have to apply in a lot of places. But the problem is that different places have different uh, structures. So you need to apply at different time. They require different material. My first suggestion would be to get in touch very early like one year before you want to start your master with some professor in the field that you find of interest. For example, if you want to do number theory, you can come to me and I will be able to tell you according to your particular taste, which university, if I don't know, in Montreal or in Canada or around the world are the best for your uh, interest. And once you do this, then we have to go through your application. You will have to write a small research project or at least you will have to explain why you want to do a master in this topic. You will need some recommendation letter from some professor. So it is important that you get in touch with them early enough so that they can read your transcript, see your material, and write your letters. So it's, in general, it's something that you should start considering one year before. And yeah, another suggestion I can give is don't get too stressed. It will be stressful because there will be a lot of deadline one after the other. You will have to apply for a lot of stuff and maybe you will get rejected once, you will get rejected twice. But in the end, uh, something good will come out for sure. When I started applying for postdocs, I was applying probably 60, 80 applications per year because more advanced you get, the smaller number of jobs there are is a final situation when there are more people looking for less jobs. And in general, for master is a bit less stressful, but uh, if you want to consider applying in good places in the US, like the big Ivy League university, they don't take many graduates from Canada. They, they have excellent application for all over the world. It's always worth applying if there is something particularly like there, but uh, it's, it's very selective, like probably 1% of the application made it through. Yeah, it looks quite stressful, but people have to just keep going. Yeah, exactly. You don't, I mean, you have to understand that being rejected is going to be normal, especially if yes. you want to stay in research. And it's not a judgment about you. It's just that uh, somehow there are a lot of people and some people are more fit for some program. 
or maybe just uh, I don't know you haven't shown your true potential yet yeah exactly um is doing research something really important when studying in this program no it's not particularly it's not necessary if you want to do this program it's not necessary to do summer internship or uh, even at the end you don't need to apply for a master you can already start looking for a job but uh, i think if you want to do research it's probably the best one because it uh, it gives you an exposition to a lot of type of different mathematics which are the fields that are somehow trendy because uh, some research are more interesting for, uh, in respect to others it's a matter of prestige in the field and so you want to find something that other people care about because uh, a good part of doing research is that you end up meeting people from all over the world who share the same interest in you and then you end up working together. So it's good to work in a field that has more people working in it. Otherwise, you will end up being a bit isolated, maybe. Maybe it's also the way to network. Oh, it's definitely a good way to network. I think all the students that were admitted from Concordia to the master were all coming from the pure and applied program. Good. And if we stay in the topic of research, Um, would you mind telling us a bit about what research you did and maybe your projects? Uh, what I work on is number theory. Mm -hmm. Number theory is, well, it goes back to the ancient Greek. And in general, you study simple questions about uh, integer numbers, such as uh, which number are prime number? Is there a way to calculate what it will be the next prime number? Is there a way to calculate how the prime number are distributed? And other type of question is like solving equation. For example, Pythagorean triple are uh, three integer numbers that can be the size of a square triangle. And uh, they satisfy, if you take these three sides, the larger one squared is going to be equal to the sum of the square of the other two lengths. And so you can say that uh, studying Pythagorean triple is the same as studying the equation x squared plus y squared equals z squared, where x, y, and z are positive integers. Mm -hmm. And a big question that uh, number theory studied for centuries, for example, was uh, can we generalize this type of equation to something like x to the fifth plus y to the fifth equal z to the fifth? There are some solutions that are easy. For example, if you put y equal to zero, then you just have x five x to the fifth equal z to the fifth. And uh, clearly, you just take x equal to z, you get a solution. But if you suppose that all the numbers are non-zero, can we find any solution in integer? This is the standard question of number theory, and it has been, well, a French mathematician, Fermat, claimed to solve it four centuries ago, but his proof was too long to be written in the margin of the book that he was reading, and then the proof was <laughs> never found. Probably really never had a proof that worked in complete generality. And only four centuries after, it has been solved. You're introducing a lot of modern number theory objects, which are elliptic curves, which are some sort of donuts. They, if you look at them like as they are curves, but if you look at them in the real space, they look like donuts, and they have uh, a lot of interesting properties. If you take two points on it, you can define a third point, which you call the sum of the two, and the solution, the point of this curve behaves as, uh, I don't know, as integer, because you can sum them, you can subtract them. And other objects that I study are modular form, which are a sort of uh, function. They are function like the one you study in uh, calculus one in one variable they are of a complex variable and they satisfy a lot of nice symmetries and the fact that they satisfy so many symmetry gives a lot of a rich structure to some other object you can associate with them and number theory at least the number theory i do is some of the study of the object that you associated to this kind of function that transform 
that have a lot of nice symmetries mm -hmm. and they connect them to other objects in mathematics. I would say it's a very rich field. There are in, an incredible number of problems. A lot of people are working on it and uh, every few years some new exciting result appears. So it's, uh, it's a very nice topic. And how did you decide to do research on that subject? Uh, it ended up a bit by chance because uh, when I was in my undergrad, I liked a lot uh, algebra, mm -hmm. more abstract courses like group theory and this kind of stuff. So I decided to do a master with, that was specializing in algebra, geometry and number theory. And uh, when I was looking, then I had to look for an advisor and the advisor I found in Paris was working on this subject. So I started working on this subject. I liked it and then I continued working with him. So I think, yeah, the, the best way is to try to expose yourself to as much mathematics as possible. Even if you, I don't know, you like a lot of analysis, try to take some more applied courses or some more uh, abstract courses so that you can see a lot of different things. And once you see something that you like, uh, you have to spend a lot of time on it and uh, then you start liking even more. So it's difficult sometimes for students to make some career choice. It's a big decision for every student. For sure, some people know exactly what they want to do, but still they have to make some important choice. So what advice would you give to students in Pure and Applied towards uh, the career choice? Well, the first advice is don't stress too much about it because uh, somehow, especially now in the field that uh, a person who finished this degree can work in, there is a lot of flexibilities. And in general, insurance, finance, all these um, startups that work in, I don't know, in artificial intelligence or uh, more engineer uh, jobs like uh, in energy fields or aeronautics and this kind of stuff, have a lot of flexibility. So they're always looking for people. So you can just start a job. You can look for any... Well, my first suggestion would be to consider the COP program. The COP program, it lets you spend uh, some months, like three, four months, doing an internship in mm -hmm. some company here in Montreal. So you can start seeing what kind of job they do there. And then you can see if you like it or not. Suppose that you start with a job and it ends up that you don't like because it's too much programming. Well, you have the skill to apply for a job somewhere else, looking for jobs that may require more data analysis and less programming. And uh, so, yeah, my, real, my suggestion is to look around a lot. Don't worry to inquire, to ask when you go for a job interview, what kind of job will it be? Can I talk to people who are doing this job now and say, well, what are the daily tasks? Mm -hmm. Be confident in yourself because uh, you have all the skill to change your job as soon as you feel like you would like to do something different. It's always never too late to start a master again. Maybe you see that uh, a job outside academia is not what you were expecting and so you can try again with a master. I mean, it's not going to be a minus on your application. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And maybe another advice that's quite important is to get a mentor that can help you in your choice of career and give you some insight onto what is out there in the field. Well, definitely, if you want to do research, it's very important to reach out to a professor in the department that could guide you, that could help you also to decide what kind of where to, if you want to do a master, if staying at Concordia, try another university. And uh, I think Concordia has some uh, service. I'm not uh, fully aware of it, but I assume there must be some services that, put in con that somehow help your student transition to the job board. And so I would mm -hmm. suggest the students to inquire about this. I'm not sure exactly 
what Concordia offer, but I'm sure there must be some career suggestion workshop or something like that. Yeah, Concordia has the career planning uh, website and they have some uh, resources. So if students are interested, they can check it out. Um, for our last question of this episode, could you give us some advice that are more general? Uh, well, the first general advice for people studying the pure and applied program is to plan very well the courses that you are going to take. Right. Uh, what a lot of problem I've seen with students is that somehow they need to take a course, but they are missing one course as prerequisite. And so they cannot take this course, this term, so they have to wait one year. But then this course they cannot take is a prerequisite for other courses that they want to take, for example, in the winter. And so somehow the pure and applied program is structured in a very rigid way. Somehow there are some courses that you are supposed to take the first term, the second term, and so on. So my suggestion is try to stick as much as possible to this plan. And if not, try to think when you start, what will be your alternative? The last few years are always kind of free because once you complete the, fir complete the first year and a half, two years, the last year you can choose more or less whatever you want. But it's important, especially at the beginning, to get ready and well-planned for your first years. And another advice is don't be shy asking professor using office hour asking professor about uh, tips, suggestions, what kind of uh, course should you take more after that. Yeah, and well, don't stress too much. I know that especially in, in, with this pandemic and online classes can be extremely difficult, but you should, studying should also be something that you enjoy. So if you are finding too stressful, maybe it's good to ask for help. I, I'm sure Concordia offers some support for this. And especially when you start, if you decide to start a career uh, or at least if you decide to do a master or a PhD, it can be extremely stressful. Mm -hmm. And uh, Concordia is trying to offer more support to our students. And uh, also Concordia now is giving more attention to undergrad uh, mental health. Yeah, these are very good advice. Thank you so much, uh, Professor. Thank Thanks for your questions. Um, what is the best way for students to reach you? Is it through email? Ah, it's definitely through email. I don't, uh, for example, I don't use LinkedIn. I'm sure it's very useful when you apply for jobs, but inside academia, LinkedIn is not particularly helpful. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. and otherwise, well, in normal times, you could just come and knock on my door if I'm there. <laughs> but I'm not using my office since February. So yeah, email is more or less the only way I can be reached at the moment. Yeah, so if students want to reach you, uh, they can look you up on the Concordia website at uh, Giovanni Rosso yeah. and reach you through email, right? Exactly. So to wrap up this episode, we can talk about some key takeaways that we learned today. We talked about diverse types of career you can have with your degree in pure and applied mathematics, as well as making a good choice when it comes to pursuing higher education and um, the topic of doing research as undergrad or graduate student. Also, it is important to remember our guest speakers advice about uh, not stressing too much and staying organized. Thank you so much, Professor Giovanni Rosso, for being our guest speaker. Thank you to you for having me. It was nice to speak for the first time in a podcast. Hi, everybody. Um, thank you all for listening. Do not hesitate to reach us. All our socials are going to be on the MASA website and stay tuned for the next episode. Mm -hmm.